seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, the trial of the NHS nurse Lucy Letby is continuing at Manchester Crown Court. She wept as she told the court that she was devastated at being accused of murdering seven young babies and the attempted murder of ten others. Asked by her defence lawyer if she'd done anything wrong, no, she replied. She told the jury that she'd only ever done her best to care for the babies. This is a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It involves the most shocking of allegations the alleged murders and attempted murders of tiny, premature babies at the hands of a neonatal nurse whose very job it was to look after them. Lucy Letby is on trial at Manchester Crown Court, accused of killing seven newborns and injuring ten more at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Cheshire. The jury has now been sitting for seven months. Prosecutors have finished outlining their case and the court has begun hearing from the defence on why, they say, Lucy Letby is not guilty of the 22 charges that she faces. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for The Mail. I will be in court to report on the case as it develops. And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist. Every week we'll examine what's happened and bring you the details behind the headlines. This is the trial of Lucy Letby. So after a break for the bank holiday and because of juror sickness, Lucy Letby was back in the witness box finally on Monday to resume her evidence. Regular listeners will know that the babies in this trial are not being named for legal reasons and the identities of their families are also being protected. So we're calling them babies A to Q. This podcast will go further than the headlines and news reports, but at times you might wonder why we aren't bringing you more detail. That's because we can only tell you what the jury have heard and that's to preserve the integrity of a fair trial. Seven of the babies died, ten survived. Every one of these babies was or is someone's son or daughter, and the mums, dads and families of every baby are present in court, listening to every detail of how their child was allegedly killed or harmed. In this episode, we'll hear that Lucy Letby says she wasn't in the room when several of the babies collapsed. She'll also dispute the evidence of doctors and nurses on the unit. And says she found it harrowing when two triplets died after she returned to work from Ibiza. We'll also tell you what she said when asked directly if she'd attacked babies. Welcome to episode 34. I've only ever done my best.
Right, Liz, so after a bit of a longer break than anyone anticipated because Adora was sick, which meant the court couldn't sit, Lucy Letby has been back in the witness box this week, which is why we're bringing you an extra episode so we can get you up to date on developments in the case. She returned to court and her defence barrister, Ben Myers Casey, continued asking her questions about the specific allegations in relation to the other babies in this case, babies G to Q. And just to recap, he's taking her through the charges against her, one by one. And remember, there are 22 of them, seven charges of murder and 15 of attempted murder against 17 babies. And that's because she's accused of trying to murder some of the babies several times. So what we'll do today is outline what Lucy Letby said about each of those allegations and why she says she's not responsible. So this week began with the charges relating to baby G, who the prosecution say Lucy Letby tried to murder three times. Just to remind you, baby G is a girl and she was born extremely prematurely. Her birth was traumatic because her mother went into labour at just 23 weeks. That's 17 weeks early and she was actually born in a hospital toilet. But despite being born so early and weighing just over a pound, Baby G overcame a lot of problems in the first few weeks of her life and she was described by her mother as a fighter. Lucy Letby is accused of trying to murder her three times on two different shifts and it's also alleged those attacks left her with serious, life-limiting brain damage. So Mr Myers started by asking Lucy Letby about the night shift of September the 6th. Now, the following day was a significant one for baby G because it was her hundredth day of life and the courts heard that nurses on the unit, including Lucy Letby, had prepared a banner and brought a cape to celebrate. But instead of it being a day of celebration, September the 7th was a day of worry for her parents because in the early hours, at around 2.15am, she projectile vomited violently and then collapsed. It's the prosecution case that Lucy Letby caused this to happen by overfeeding her milk, then injecting air into her feeding tube to kill her, while the nurse looking after her was on a break. Mr Myers asked Lucy Letby what she remembered about the vomiting event. This exchange begins with Lucy Letby and has been voiced by actors. My memory is myself and Ailsa were sat at the nursing station and we heard baby G's monitor alarming in nursery too. We also heard quite a loud retching noise which we thought was unusual so we both went very quickly into her. She was vomiting from her mouth and nose and struggling to breathe. We were both quite shocked, as looking around the scene, there was vomit adjacent to the cot side and on the floor. That is something we had not seen before. Anyone with her when you went in there? No. Do you recall having any contact with the baby G on this shift prior to the vomiting episode? No. Do you recall what you had been doing before you were at the nursing station with Elsa? No. Baby G was given oxygen, but continued to deteriorate and was put on a ventilator before being transferred to nearby Arrow Park Hospital. But she was well enough to return to the Countess on September the 16th. And five days later, on September the 21st, the prosecution say Lucy Letby tried to kill her twice more. Now this day was also significant because it was Baby G's due date, the date she should have been born if she hadn't come early. Again, the prosecution say Lucy Letby overfed her milk and injected air into her feeding tube once at around 10am and again just before 3.30 in the afternoon. On this shift, Lucy Letby was Baby G's designated nurse, but she was also looking after three other babies in Nursery 4. 
So Mr Myers asked her about what she remembered about what happened at 10am. And she told the court she was not with baby G at that time. She said she thought she was tending to one of the other babies in the same room when baby G vomited, around an hour after she'd fed her some milk. She said she was alerted that she'd stopped breathing by the monitor sounding, but baby G quickly stabilised and there was no need for an emergency crash call or a shout for help, she said. Baby G's care was then transferred to a more senior nurse, but just before 3.30 in the afternoon, Lucy Letby told jurors she happened to check in on baby G, who was behind a privacy screen that was there so doctors could fit a new cannula. She told jurors she found baby G alone and not breathing again. I can't remember why I happened to catch sight behind the screen and saw that she was on her own. She was dusky, blue and not breathing. What about the monitor? The monitor wasn't on. What did you do when you found her in that position? She was on the procedure trolley, which is a flatbed with no sides, and I put her into the cot and immediately started neopuffing. Should she have been left on the procedure trolley? No, that's not standard practice at all. I was very concerned about it. Yes. Explain to us why. Three issues, really. We would never leave a baby unattended on a procedure trolley, unattended behind a screen or without a monitor on. And those three things had happened. I was quite concerned that she had been left in that position. So the next baby Mr Myers turned his attention to is baby H. She was born six weeks premature because of complications with her mother's pregnancy. She was a good weight, weighing over five pounds, but almost immediately she had breathing problems and was eventually diagnosed with a punctured lung. Now, jurors have been told that she was an unusual case for the Countess because she had to be treated with three chest strains and nurses weren't used to seeing babies with such complex problems. Lucy Letby is accused of trying to kill her twice on consecutive night shifts on September the 26th and September the 27th, just days after the third alleged attack on baby G. Lucy Letby told the court she remembered baby H but couldn't remember specific details of the allegations without referring to the nursing notes. So Mr Myers reminded her of a series of text messages that she'd sent around this time, in which she described the unit as completely unsafe and referred to 18 babies being treated. Jurors have heard that it only had capacity for a maximum of 16 children at any one time. What's the reference to completely unsafe? The staffing levels on the unit. Had the unit been as busy as this in all the years you'd been working there? No, it was increasingly busy in this period. Mr Myers also asked her about Baby H's complex needs. Here he is again. Had you ever seen a baby with three chest drains, even at the tertiary unit? No, I'd only ever seen two. How familiar were you, or your colleagues, with them? None of us were overly familiar, because it was something that only rarely occurred. Were the doctors familiar with them? No, quite often they would have to look things up how to do things, and there were discussions on how to manage the drains. So on this night shift, Lucy Letby was Baby H's designated nurse, and she was the only baby in Nursery One. And it's the prosecution case that at some point, shortly before 20 past three in the morning, she somehow sabotaged her care, causing Baby H to stop breathing and need resuscitating. But Lucy Letby insisted that she wasn't alone with Baby H because she'd asked for another nurse to help her with the child's care as she wasn't familiar with chest drains and wasn't happy looking after her on her own. Mr Myers said, 
The prosecution say you tried to kill her. Didn't you want her on your own so you could kill her? No. What were you asking for? I wanted support from a senior member of staff. Lucy Letby also told the jury about bitchiness between nurses on the unit. She said some of her colleagues resented the fact she was frequently allocated babies in intensive care to look after because she'd not long qualified to care for the sickest infants. Mr Myers also asked about an allegation that she attacked baby H again at around 5 to 1 the following morning on September the 27th. Lucy Letby said she'd got no memory of that shift, although she admitted she was involved in baby H's care because she'd co-signed for medication for her with nurse Shelley Tomlins on at least three occasions in the hours before. The next allegation Mr Myers asked Lucy Letby about was one of murder against another baby girl, baby I. Now the prosecution says she attacked this baby three times before killing her on the fourth attempt on October the 23rd, 2015. Again, she was a very premature baby girl who'd been born at 27 weeks, weighing just two pounds and two ounces at the beginning of August. But she did well, and by the time of the first alleged attack, She'd beaten the odds to make it to almost two months old. The prosecution say, in the days and weeks before her death, Lucy Letby sabotaged her care, either by overfeeding her milk or injecting air into her stomach or bloodstream. But Lucy Letby told the court that she got to know baby I and her family well and cared for her on a number of occasions over many months. She said she remembered baby I vomiting and desaturating twice towards the end of a day shift on September the 30th, but denied being responsible. Mr Myers asked about an alleged attack during a night shift of October the 13th. On this particular night, nurse Ashley Hudson was Baby I's designated nurse and she gave evidence that she asked Lucy Letby and another nurse, Caroline Oakley, to keep an eye on her when she nipped away to help another colleague. She said the main light was off in nursery two and a cot canopy meant her face was in shadow. But when she returned to nursery two around 15 minutes later at about 3.20 in the morning, Lucy Letby came to the doorway and suggested to her that baby I looked pale. Now in court, Nurse Hudson became tearful as she explained to the jury how she quickly went to baby I, pulled back the cot cover and found her floppy and gasping for breath. Asked about this by Mr Myers, Lucy Letby challenged Nurse Hudson's version of events. She claimed the nursery was not too dark for her to be able to see baby I's colour and insisted it was nowhere near as dark as the photograph of the nursery, which was reconstructed by police and was shown to the jury earlier in the trial. Now, Lucy Letby insisted that she had a better view than Nurse Hudson, who was standing with her back to the cot, doing something on the workbench. I can't recall what lights were on where, but I know I could see clearly enough to say that Baby I was pale in the cot. The room was lit from the corridor, and Baby I was in front of the window. At no point was the nursery in complete darkness. Where were you when something about Baby I's colour struck you? I was stood in the doorway of the nursery. What was it you could see? Her face and her hands. She just looked very pale, blue. We both went over and turned the lights up. What did you do? We pulled back her blankets and started to take her clothing off. She wasn't breathing properly. She was gasping. She looked very, very unwell. We started near-puffing and called for help. Can you think of any reason why the apnea alarm had not gone off? They are programmed to go off if a baby doesn't breathe for 20 seconds. Baby I was shallow breathing and gasping, so I believe she was breathing during that 20-second period. 
Baby I had CPR, and after more than 22 minutes of resuscitation, her heart rate returned. But Lucy Letby told Mr Myers she had little recollection of what happened the following night when she's accused of trying to murder Baby I again by injecting her with air. She admitted she remembered Baby I's tummy was swollen and had a patch of discoloration, but she said she couldn't recall specific details and denied doing anything to cause it. Finally, Mr Myers asked Lucy Letby about the night shift of October the 23rd into the 24th when Baby I was allegedly murdered. Again, it's alleged that at just after 1am, Lucy Letby caused her to collapse by injecting her with air. And again on this shift, Nurse Hudson was her designated nurse. She said that just before midnight, Baby I seemed very unsettled and was crying loudly. She collapsed and after several minutes of CPR stabilised. But an hour later, while Nurse Hudson had nipped away temporarily, Baby I stopped breathing again. Nurse Hudson told the jury that when she arrived back in the nursery, she found Lucy Letby standing by the incubator and the baby was crying the same relentless cry as before. But in her evidence, Lucy Letby said she couldn't remember if she was already in the nursery when baby I collapsed. And you may remember baby I's mother said in her statement that after her daughter died, Lucy Letby behaved in what she considered an inappropriate way. Here's what she said. She was smiling and kept going on about how she was present at the first bath and how our daughter had loved it. I wish she would just stop talking. Eventually she realised and stopped. It was not something we wanted to hear. Lucy Letby told the jury she was more involved than normal in the bereavement care for Baby I's parents because it had been Nurse Hudson's first death. I gave her more support because it was her first time. So Mr Myers asked her about the sympathy card that she'd sent to Baby I's parents, a photo of which was later recovered from her mobile phone. Lucy Letby said she'd sent the card to Baby I's parents via a colleague who attended her funeral around a fortnight later. And Mr Myers showed the jury another picture, also recovered by police from her phone, that she'd taken of a different card she'd sent to a close friend congratulating her on the birth of her baby. Lucy Letby insisted there was nothing unusual about it. Taking photographs of cards and letters is normal behaviour for me, she said. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, at the start of her fourth day in the witness box, Mr. Myers began asking Lucy Letby about the next baby in the case, Baby J. He reminded the jury that she was actually a twin Her sister had sadly died much earlier in her mother's pregnancy during surgery. 
Soon after baby Jay's birth, in October 2015, she was diagnosed with a perforated bowel and went off for an operation at Alderhay Children's Hospital. It's alleged that on her return to the Countess, Lucy Letby tried to murder her. The prosecution say she smothered or obstructed her breathing in some way, causing her to suffer a seizure in the early hours of November the 27th. Again, Mr Myers asked her about what she remembered about the unit at the time. And she told jurors the unit was very busy and there weren't always enough staff with the right experience to attend to the complex needs of the babies they were looking after. She said that two days before the alleged attack on baby Jay, she'd been off duty and out at a Mexican restaurant and her salsa class when she received multiple missed calls from other nurses at work who wanted her advice on how to administer a particular medicine. Mr Myers also highlighted text messages that she'd sent to colleagues in which she described the unit as being a nightmare. What is it you are saying is a nightmare? The amount of babies on the unit and the amount of care they needed, the very high acuity. It was felt we would have to start sending babies out to other hospitals. Did you have staff at the right levels to cope with the babies you were receiving? No. Lucy Letby told the court it was potentially dangerous that Jennifer Jones Key was being asked to look after baby Jay, who had specific problems and needs related to her bowel surgery when she was only a band four nurse and not trained to carry out clinical work. Asked about the night shift of November the 26th, Lucy Letby told the court she was not baby Jay's designated nurse and that she'd no idea the first two collapses at 4.40 and 5am had even taken place. She did, however, agree that she and Mary Griffith had gone to help baby Jay later on, at just before 7am, when they heard the monitor alarming. Baby Jay wasn't breathing properly, she said. Her hands were very clenched and her eyes rolling to one side. All the signs she was having a seizure. She needed around 20 minutes of oxygen via a mask, but thankfully no chest compressions before she eventually recovered. Baby Jay was moved to nursery too but less than half an hour later collapsed again, for the fourth time, and had another seizure. Again, Lucy Letby said she was called to help. Baby Jay needed oxygen for around eight minutes this time. Mr Myers asked, Of the four events in two pairs, do you recall being in the nursery with Baby Jay at the time any of this happened? No. So Lucy Letby was asked about the next charge on the indictment by Mr Myers next. This is one of attempted murder against a tiny, premature baby girl, Baby Kay. So just to recap, she was a child who was born weighing little more than a bag of sugar when she was delivered at just 25 weeks. She spent less than 12 hours on the unit before being transferred to Arrow Park Hospital on the Wirral, where she sadly died three days later. Lucy Letby is not charged in connection with her death but the prosecution say she did attempt to murder her when she was less than two hours old by dislodging her breathing tube. So you may remember this incident provoked quite a dramatic day in Court 7 earlier on this year because it was the alleged attack which Dr Ravi Jayram, the consultant in charge of the children's ward, said he thought he interrupted. Here's a reminder of what he said happened when Baby K's designated nurse, Joe Williams, nipped upstairs to update her parents in the early hours of a night shift in February 2016. As I walked up, I saw Lucy Letby standing by the incubator and the ventilator. She didn't have her hands in the incubator. I saw her and then I looked up at the monitor and Baby K's sats were in the 80s and they continued to drop. The ventilator was not alarming and the incubator was not alarming. The monitor is set to alarm when the sats drop below 90%. 
I recall saying, what's happening? And Lucy looked and said something along the lines of, she's having a desaturation. You may remember that Dr. Jayram told the jury he thought he was being irrational, but went to check on baby Kay because he felt uncomfortable about Lucy Letby being alone with her in nursery one. By then, the consultants were already suspicious about her, following the deaths of five babies in nine months. And Mr. Myers asked Lucy Letby about what Dr. Jayram told the court. She told jurors she remembered seeing baby Kay because it was unusual for such a premature baby to be born at the unit but she insisted she had no independent recollection of her or speaking to Dr. Jayram at all during the shift. Instead, she claimed she'd been feeding and changing the nappy of another baby in a different room when Dr. Jayram claimed she was sabotaging baby Kay's care in nursery one. Here's Mr. Myers again. Did you interfere with baby Kay's tube? No. Was there a time when you were in the nursery and Ravi Jayaram came in and he found you to be standing there close to baby Kay? No. Do you recall any incident when you were present while Baby K deteriorated and Ravi Jayaram was involved, around 3.50am? No, I don't. Or at any other time? No. Did Ravi Jayaram ever say to you, what's going on here? Did he say to you, why is the alarm not going? No, I don't recall any conversation with Dr Jayaram that night at all. Mr Myers also asked her about a search she carried out on Facebook for Baby K's surname more than two years later, in April 2018, three months before she was arrested. She said she couldn't remember why she'd done it, but she said, You still think of patients that you've cared for. Next, Mr Myers addressed the next two allegations on the charge sheet two allegations of attempted murder against the third set of twins in this case, babies L and M. It's alleged Lucy Letby tried to kill them at pretty much the same time, on the day of the Grand National in April 2016. You may remember she'd asked her dad to put a bet on the grey in that race that day, and she won £135 after backing the winner. Mr Byers reminded the jury that the twins were delivered seven weeks early because baby L wasn't growing properly in his mother's womb. The prosecution say the following day Lucy Letby poisoned a glucose drip with insulin that was being given to baby L. Then she injected air into the bloodstream of his brother, baby M, who almost died. Lucy Letby told the court she remembered the brothers because she was at their birth. She said she wasn't supposed to be working the following day but agreed to come in because the unit was so busy. There were actually 15 babies on the unit so it was near capacity. She said that she and another nurse hung the drip of glucose prescribed for baby L at around 12pm on April the 8th. But despite that, throughout the following day, the sugar levels in his blood remained low. But she couldn't explain why a sample later revealed high levels of insulin in his blood. Here's Mr Myers. You are aware insulin is being used to lower his blood glucose. That's the allegation. Yes. Was that a result of anything you had done? No. Do you know why that happened? No. Had you had any involvement with insulin at all? No, not at all. We know a blood sample was taken and several hours later was analysed and found to have high levels of insulin. Did you do anything to cause those readings? No. Can you explain those readings? No, I can't. Now at 4pm on this same shift, baby L's brother, baby M, who was being looked after in the same nursery suddenly collapsed and stopped breathing. Nursing notes previously shown to the jury suggest that at around 3.45pm, Lucy Letby co-signed with Nurse Griffith for a dose of IV antibiotics for him. 
Although the notes are unclear about exactly who administered them, digital records the court heard about suggest Nurse Griffiths was using the computer at the nurse's station around this time. And it's the prosecution case that while she was giving Baby M this medicine, Lucy Letby also injected air into the drip of glucose in an attempt to kill him. Dr J Ram, who led the prolonged resuscitation of Baby M, gave evidence that he noticed bright pink patches on his torso that flitted around and eventually vanished when he recovered almost half an hour later. He said it was unusual and very similar to the rash he'd seen on the first baby to die, Baby A, some ten months earlier. Mr Myers asked Lucy Letby if she too had noticed this discoloration on Baby M's skin, but she insisted she hadn't. He also asked her about resuscitation notes she'd written on a paper towel and a printout of a blood gas test relating to baby M that were found in a shopping bag at her home when she was arrested more than two years later. The prosecution say she took them home along with more than 250 handover sheets as souvenirs. But she insisted they'd simply come home in the pocket of her uniform by mistake. How did those come to be at your house? They are kept in the pocket in my uniform and have come home with me in my uniform. Did you have any other use for them? No. Why doesn't it just go in the bin? That's an error on my part. We know there are various pieces of paper, handover notes, from various babies found at your house. Are they something you specifically kept? No. Did you have any use for them? No. Mr Myers then moved forward to the beginning of June 2016 when Lucy Letby is accused of attempting to murder baby N. He was a premature baby boy born with the blood clotting condition haemophilia. Mr Myers reminded the jury that Lucy Letby is accused of trying to kill baby N three times, once shortly after 1am on June the 3rd and twice over the course of a day shift 12 days later on June the 15th. And he asked his client how important it was to her that she did her job properly. Very important. I took my job extremely seriously. That's why we do nursing. We want to make those babies well enough to go home. Lucy Letby told Jora she wasn't Baby N's designated nurse on the night shift of June the 2nd and that she had no memory of what happened at 1.05am. The prosecution says she attacked Baby N, either by inflicting some kind of injury on him or by injecting air into his bloodstream while his allocated nurse was on a break. Baby N needed several minutes of oxygen via a mask following this collapse before he recovered. He continued to be cared for on the unit and on June the 15th, it's alleged Lucy Letby attacked him twice more. And this date is significant, Caroline, because it was the day Baby N's parents were due to take him home. It was also Lucy Letby's last shift before her week-long holiday to Ibiza. Mr Myers asked Lucy Letby about WhatsApp messages that she'd exchanged with two friends a few days before the final alleged attacks on Baby N, in which they discussed packing for their holiday. One of her friends, a nurse who we can't name for legal reasons, also joked that she should go on Love Island. They also discussed presenters of the show, Patrick Keelty and Kelly Brook, as well as the model, Abby Clancy. This exchange begins with Mr Myers. How are you feeling about going away? We were excited. You were going to have to go to work before you went away. How were you feeling about going to work? I was happy to go to work, but I was also looking forward to time off and going on holiday. In the middle of that, were you planning on killing babies? No. That's what the prosecution are saying. That didn't happen. Was that what was on your mind? No. 
So Mr Myers asked her about baby N's collapse at 7.15am on June the 15th, which happened minutes after she arrived for work. You may remember that Dr A, the doctor who Lucy Letby denied flirting with but who she had a close friendship with, was on duty on this shift and he was called to help. He told the court that he tried to intubate baby N to put him on a ventilator. He tried three times but said he couldn't get the tube in because his throat was swollen and there was blood in his airway. But when Mr Myers asked Lucy Letby about this, she insisted the medical notes suggested the blood was seen only after Dr A had tried and failed to intubate, and not before. The barrister then asked her about the second allegation, just before 3pm, that she tried to kill baby M for a second time when his parents were away from the unit getting some food. She told the court, though, that by this point the unit was chaotic. She said there were up to 15 members of staff there, and baby N's needs were such that he had two staff with him all the time. She said there was a growing sense of panic because they were unable to intubate baby N and didn't know how to manage his care. The alleged attacks on two triplets were the next focus for Mr Myers. You may remember these were rare, identical triplets conceived naturally, who, although seven weeks early, weighed around £4 each and were considered in good condition when they were born. Just to recap, Lucy Letby is accused of injecting both boys, known as Baby O and Baby P, with air and murdering them on her first two shifts back after her holiday on June the 23rd and June the 24th. She's also accused of assaulting Baby O and causing a liver injury, which was described to jurors as being like those seen in victims of a road traffic collision. Lucy Letby told the court she was Baby O's designated nurse on June the 23rd, but as well as looking after him, she was also caring for two other babies, all in the high dependency unit. This, she said, was outside of industry guidelines, because only a maximum of two high dependency babies should be looked after by one nurse at any one time. She also said she had a lot on her plate because she was supposed to be mentoring a student, Rebecca Morgan, and had to show her round because it was her first day on a neonatal unit. The prosecution say that at some point between 1pm and 4pm, Lucy Letby injected baby O with air into his feeding tube and circulation, causing him to collapse and stop breathing. But she claimed it was her student that fed baby O and checked his observations up until his first deterioration when he vomited at 1.15. And she wasn't even in the room, she said, when he suffered a more serious collapse around an hour and a half later. Mr Myers pointed to nursing records, which showed the baby was given medication by two different nurses shortly before his collapse, and swipe data, which showed Lucy Letby was not even on the unit until shortly before. She also claimed she didn't see a rash on baby O's chest, as had been noted by Dr Breary, nor could she explain how he'd suffered the injury to his liver. Mr Myers asked, Did you do anything that involved air being introduced into baby O? No. Or, for that matter, with any baby in this case? No. Would you? No. Mr Myers asked about the death of the second triplet, Baby P, who she's accused of murdering less than 24 hours later. You might remember it's a prosecution case that she put air into his feeding tube just minutes after his brother died. She's also accused of doing the same thing again around 9.40 in the morning on her shift the following day. He collapsed and needed CPR and continued to be very poorly all day. But during a point in the shift when he was relatively stable, 
One of the doctors, who we can't name for legal reasons but have previously called Dr B, gave evidence that she recalled Lucy Letby saying something shocking. Here's a clip of what she told the jury. Staff nurse Letby said, he's not leaving her alive, is he? Which I found absolutely shocking at the time. I turned around and said, don't say that. All these years on, seven years on, that memory is still very much alive in my mind. We see babies who are very, very sick, who are very, very unwell. Even when we know their chances of survival are very poor, personally for me, that's something I would never let myself think. It's that hope that makes you keep trying. And Mr Myers asked her about this. She told the jury everyone was very anxious about what was happening to baby P because of what had happened to his brother the day before. She said she couldn't remember speaking to Dr B, but agreed she could have potentially made the comment. How are you feeling? We were all very anxious, particularly in view of what happened to baby O the day before. How was Dr B coping with what was taking place? She was becoming increasingly agitated and stressed about things. She was regularly leaving the unit to go for a cigarette, which is what she does when she is stressed. After baby P died, Mr Myers asked Lucy Letby what the atmosphere was like on the unit. It was a completely flat atmosphere. Everyone was shocked and devastated. I think the general mood, you could tell the whole unit was flat. It was not the usual positive atmosphere. How did you feel personally? I was very upset about this. To have it two days in a row and to imagine what the parents had gone through to lose two of their babies, it was harrowing. Harrowing? Yes. Mr Myers also asked her why she carried out a Facebook search for the family's surname a year later on June the 23rd, 2017. It was the anniversary. They were on my mind. Finally, Mr Myers turned to the last alleged victim in the case, baby Q. He was a baby boy born nine weeks early. It's claimed Lucy Letby tried to kill him the day after the second triplet died on June the 25th. Now you might recall that after baby P's death, Dr Stephen Brewery tried to get Lucy Letby removed from the unit, but his request was refused by managers. Instead, she came back on duty and the prosecution say sabotaged the care of baby Q by injecting saline or air into his feeding tube around 9.10am. On the shift, she was Baby Q's designated nurse and was looking after him in Nursery 2, but she also had a baby in Nursery 1, so she was splitting her time between the two rooms. She told the court she was with the other baby when Baby Q's monitor sounded, and when she arrived in Nursery 2, Nurse Griffiths and another colleague were already tending to him. And Mr Myers also asked her about messages that she'd exchanged with Dr A later on that evening in which she'd asked him, do I need to be worried about what Dr Gibbs was asking? And you might remember Dr Gibbs told the jury in his evidence that he'd asked some of the nurses who had been looking after baby Q because of concerns and suspicions that were growing about Lucy Leppy and what was going on at the unit. So Mr Myers asked her why she needed to be worried. I was worried that I shouldn't have left him in the nursery. I was concerned that Dr Gibbs was implying baby Q was left unattended. Had he been left unattended? No, Mary Griffith and another nurse knew I was leaving the nursery. So that was what Lucy Letby had to say about each of the babies in this case in her defence. 
and in the final few moments of her evidence in chief, Mr Myers asked her again if she was guilty of the allegations she's facing. Is there anything to the allegation you deliberately harmed babies? No. Or intended to kill them? No. Or that air was being used intravenously? No. Would you do that? No. Have you ever done that? No. Or, if the blood analysis is accurate, are you responsible for giving insulin when they shouldn't have had it? No, I have only ever done my best. So that's it for episode 34. Prosecutor Nick Johnson has now begun his cross-examination of Lucy Letby and on Monday we'll be with you again as usual to bring you what she's had to say when faced with his questions. I'll be in court to listen to the evidence and you can read my reports in the mail and on Mail Plus. You can also follow me on Twitter at Liz Hull. You can give us a rating and you can share the podcast and you can also follow us on Twitter at Lucy Letby Trial or at Radio Caroline or send us an email at thetrialoflucyletby at gmail.com. hit series Everything I Know About Me is back for a brand new season and this time our guest needs no introduction. But here's one anyway. Hi, I'm Gemma Collins and this is everything I know about me. If you think you know all about Gemma Collins, think again. Because this is the GC as you've never heard her before. It's been exhausting. And ashamed. And I was really heartbroken because I was pregnant and he was having an affair. Unfiltered. I have had an operation as well years ago. I have a designer vagina. Yeah, baby. I don't have camel toe. Unbelievable. And then they advised me, you need to have a termination. And, uh, yeah, I remember that being really stressful. Everything I Know About Me with Gemma Collins is out this Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.